Today I'm going to talk about one of the biggest blessings we have as Christians, and that's the ability, the supernatural ability, to be able to understand spiritual truth. As being born-again Christians, we can read the Bible and we can understand it. And that's, I, I know, if you're like me, I've been walking with the Lord for 30-some years. If I'm not careful, I can take that for granted. But I have to remind myself, I remember when, before I was saved, an alcoholic atheist, I tried reading the Bible. It just seemed like a bunch of gobbledygook, a bunch of fairy tales, meant nothing to me, it didn't make sense. Why would anybody believe this stuff until I met God? And then once I was born again and I have the spirit inside me, now I read this and it's truth. And the pieces fit together. And the more I read it, the more rock solid it is and the more I can trust it. The Bible is one of the greatest gifts that God has ever given us. Can you imagine living thousands of years ago when there might only be one Bible in the whole town? And so for you to get any kind of scripture, you have to go to that church building when that guy's reading the scripture. And that'd be the only Bible you'd get in your life is while you're in that building while that one guy was reading that one version of it. Now, man, how many of us don't have several Bibles at home? I mean, on my phone, I've got the smart app that's got, I don't know, 12 different versions of the Bible. I can click on any word. It'll tell me what it means in Hebrew, what it means in Greek, and what this commentary says, all that stuff. But nothing tops me getting with God, me reading his word, and then just going, Lord, what does this mean to me? How does it apply to my life? And the Holy Spirit will give me real thoughts about how this fits in my life. That's a miracle. It's amazing. So today I want to talk about, to you it has been given. If, if you're a born-again Christian, it has been given to you to understand the mysteries of the kingdom of God. It's been given to you. Anything less than that's a lie from the devil. If you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it has been given to you to understand the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Whew. Let, let's read some of this Bible, and I'll talk a little bit more about it. But my goal today is to encourage you guys um, to open up your hearts to the truth of the Word of God and get more Word in you. Honestly, that's my goal today. So let's read Matthew chapter 13, starting verse 10, and I'll go to verse 17. So Jesus had just told a parable. Um, he'd been telling several parables. He'd get done with a specific parable about the sower and the seed. And, and I think at the time, maybe where they were sitting and Jesus was talking to them, there was a, a farmer over here, and he's sowing seed. You know, anyway, different than now. Now these guys are out there driving on million-dollar equipment, and it's GPS, and the roads are perfectly straight, and uh, it was different. A, a sower would prepare the ground, prepare his rows, and then he'd have like a satchel over him. He'd stick his hand in there, and as he's walking down the rows, he's throwing the corn or the seed or whatever that is, and he's throwing it into those rows. Well, sometimes it hit perfectly in the rows. Sometimes it'd bounce out. Sometimes it'd land over here, land over there. So Jesus told this parable, even as they're watching the seed, and they're going, oh, that, where that landed, that's never going to grow. Oh, where that hit, oh, that, that's going to grow, that's going to produce something. Because they were all agriculturally minded, so they knew the principle behind the sower of the seed, even as Jesus told this. So they, they, he tells the sower of the seed's parable, and then the disciples take him over to the side, and they go, so how come you only tell them these things in riddles? 
That's what they meant by parable. Why do you only talk to him in parables? And this is what Jesus says. We'll start with verse 10. And disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? He answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it's not been given. For whoever has, to him more will be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore, I speak to them in parables, because seeing, they don't see, and hearing, they don't hear, nor do they understand. And in them, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Isaiah said this 700 years before this, hearing you're going to hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should hear them, heal them. Verse 16, but blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. For assuredly, I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Man, there's a lot in there. You know, almost every time I've ever heard this thing taught on or preached on or anybody talks about it, they talk about the agricultural part of it and the seed and how it, it falls into this good stuff that's plowed or they fall into this where it's packed down or they fall into this on the stones or they fall into this and it turns into this agricultural thing. This parable is not about agriculture. This parable is about kingdom people living like kingdom people. This is talking about us as born-again Christians. To us, it's been given to understand the mysteries of the kingdom. Let's just, let's just unpack some of this stuff. We're just going to take it for what it is, word for word, what the Bible says. I'm not going to try to interpret all this. I'm not going to try to make sense of it. I'm not gonna, just listen to what Jesus said to them. He says in verse 10 and 11, and the disciples came and said, hey, why do you speak to them in parables? Verse 11, he answered and said to them, well, because it's been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. The disciples asked Jesus because they wanted more from him. That's an awesome kingdom truth. We need to get that. If, if, if you don't want anything more from Jesus today, you, you can probably just get your phone out and start doing Facebook or Twitter or Twitter or whatever, whatever you want to do. If you don't want anything more from Jesus, there's nothing I can give you to help you. Right? Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I know that's really black and white. But it, seriously, folks, Jesus says to the guys that bothered coming up and going, um, I, I think I got it, but maybe I didn't quite get it. What, why do you talk in all these parables? Those guys got the extra teaching. It doesn't say the whole crowd came up. It says just his disciples came up. The Jesus followers came up to Jesus and said, so what's with the riddles, boss? I mean, they said a little bit different. Jesus plainly said, because it's been given to you to know, but to them it has not been given. Do you know we've got the secret decoder ring? You guys all watch the Christmas story where he saves up the labels and he sends the stuff in and then the little ring comes in and he can do the things. They give the code on the radio show, and he does this thing. He's writing it all down. He's going to have this top secret code, and it's going to be change his whole life. And it says, 
uh, drink more Ovaltine. <laughs> We've got a way better decoder ring. We've got the faith and the spirit in us. So we can read the truths of the Bible and the Holy Spirit says, yeah, Mike, this fits in your life right like this. Mike, this fits with this attitude of yours that needs to be changed. This right here, Mike, you can work in your marriage. This truth right here, Mike, applies, it means this and it applies like that. That's what Jesus said to his disciples, the followers. He said, you guys know because you can understand, but they don't get it because they don't have faith. It's all about faith. It's absolutely amazing. So the first thing we need to understand about parables is that it, he spoke in parables because people that didn't have faith and didn't believe in him didn't understand. So he didn't go, okay, well, hold on. Here, you 12, you sit over here. I'm going to go over here, and I'm just going to keep ministering to these people that don't have faith and don't want to believe. I'll just waste all my time over He did the exact opposite. The people that had faith and wanted more from him, he said, come on over here. I'm going to tell you what's up. This is why I'm doing this. Whew. So understanding is given to believers. That's rule number one. Number two, seekers and achievers receive more. Wait, what's well, not by works? Yeah, it kind of is. Just saying. Everywhere it's by works. Do you know that animals have to procreate in order to make more animals? It, it takes works. Even in the physical realm, and how about how many people have ever had a job in their whole life? How many people? Just about all. Of them. So how many people got paid more to stay home than to go in? One hand went up. Okay, so that's pretty rare. That's almost never happened. How many people got raises because you were late and did a crummy job? No hands that time. So even in the natural human realm, when you work hard, you get rewarded. Hmm. We're made in God's image, so I think there's something tied in with that. Jesus says in verse 12, look at this. For whoever has... Well, to him more will be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Wait, what? Yeah, those who seek Jesus, those who are in his word, who have understanding, will get more of a relationship with Jesus and more understanding. Those who don't have faith in Jesus, don't believe in it, even the word that they've heard on the radio or maybe somebody invited them to church and they didn't respond with faith, even that will be taken away from them. It will be as if they never heard the word of God because they didn't mix it with faith. That, that's, what he's, that's what he's saying. That's verse 12. It's right in your Bible. It's absolutely amazing. So rule number one, Jesus talks about these parables. He says, well, first off, it's been given to you guys to understand these parables. You get what he's talking about. You get, you understand where faith comes in, where faith receives from God, that it's faith is the gift that God gave you, and by applying faith to his word, it will bear fruit in your lives. You guys already get that. Unbelievers don't get it. And by the way, when you start valuing the word of God, you take it at face value, the promises, we sang about the promises of God, right? I see the evidence of your goodness. I see the fulfillment of your promises. We just sang about it. Jesus says, when that's a value in our lives, you're going to get more from me. Well, you know what happens when, when I'm praying for people or I'm, I'm praying a verse over my family or over me, over this church, and then I see it happen? My faith goes through the roof. Yeah. Yeah. Guess what I want to do more of? Yeah. I want to find another promise. 
And I want to pray that promise over a situation that looks like hell, but I know God's got his hand in it. Amen? All of us got stuff right now that we need to pray promises into. All of us love people in our lives that we need to pray promises over them because they don't get it. They don't get that they don't get it. Right? I mean, that's the absolute worst when you don't know that you don't know. Jesus says, you guys get this thing. And when you mix it with faith, because this is the word of God and you felt the love of God, when you operate in that realm, you're going to get more. You're going to be fruitful. Wow. Some don't seek, some don't respond. So even that, maybe you brought them to church and they hear the salvational message. They don't mix it with any faith. By the time they get to the car, it's already been deleted from the memory bank. Because what they received will be taken away from them. That's what Jesus said. Number three, listen to this. Unbelievers reject the truth. They willfully refuse to be open and to understand it. What? Man, Pastor Mike, that's pretty harsh. I, I didn't make this up. I'm just reading what Jesus said. This is what Jesus said. Jesus said, not only is this such an absolute fact that unbelievers reject God. They, they make a choice. They, they see the gospel lived right in front of them by our lives. They, everybody that we live with has seen our changed life. Amen? Yep. Brothers, cousins, sometimes our kids, sometimes our parents. And they see us get saved, and all of a sudden, how we used to live changed, and now we're living this way. They see it with their own eyes, but seeing, they don't see. Wouldn't they logically go, holy cow, your life is totally different. Something really good happened. Tell me about this. That would be the logical response. Instead, they have a sensual response by their flesh. They go, yeah, I see that happening. I don't see nothing. I, I hear what you're saying, that Jesus' love changed you from the inside out. La, 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 I don't hear anything. They hardened their hearts. Let's, let's just read this. Verse 13. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because seeing, they don't see, and hearing, they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled. 700 years ago, the prophet of God said, Hearing you're going to hear and you shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive, for the hearts... Of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing and their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts, not a logical choice, with their hearts. Oh, God touched me. Oh, I felt the goodness of God. I have to respond. Nope. I don't see anything. I don't hear anything. My heart is hard. I am not changing. I'm not going to understand this with my heart and I'm not turning. That's another word for repent which all of us did as born-again Christians, right? We felt the goodness of God, and we're living this way. I'm Lord of my life. I'm doing what I want, when I want, anytime I want. Oh, but God says I can be free of all this mess and forgiven if I turn, and he'll heal me. Hallelujah, glory to God. That's what we all did. Jesus says if you've done this, you get this. You understand it. But some people, in, they decisively, intentionally harden their heart to the gospel. It's a choice. That's what Jesus says. Some of these have grown so dull, uh, they've closed their heart off, lest they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts, and turn so that I should heal them. Whew. Man, wow. So in this list 
of things Isaiah prophesied that people in our lives were going to do. They harden their hearts. They deafen their ears. They close their eyes. They deny what they see. They refuse understanding. And they fight conversion and healing. Lord Jesus, we need to help them. Lord, I need more of an unction to function. I need anointing to reach the people that I love, the people that are living like I lived. I was 31 when I got born again. Up until then, I was a God hater. I worked at Zondervan's. Zondervan's makes Bibles. I touched more Bibles as an alcoholic atheist than I ever will as a pastor. Uh, Tens of thousands of Bibles. While I was mocking God, Jesus, Mary, all just blaspheming left, right, and center. I also worked at Chicken Coop. Chicken Coop on the menu says, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. What? Those guys are trying to witness to me. I just start blaspheming. After a while, they're just like, no, I'm good. I'm not telling this guy nothing else. He deserves hell. Oof. But God, somebody was praying for me. Someone was believing for me. My sister told me just a couple years ago, that I had a great-grandma that prayed for all of us every single night. I didn't know that. I think she prayed me in along with other people. My wife got saved. She started praying for people. One of her co-workers, their whole family, prayed and fasted while we went to the stupid church thing that I tried to manipulate my wife at. (laughs) And then I got radically saved. All their kids was fasting and praying the whole week while we were going to that thing. Here I was a God-hater. Here I was hard in my heart. I wasn't looking at nothing good of God. Nope, don't see it. I don't hear it. Don't want, don't go somewhere else with that stuff. And yet God still saved me. I'm living proof he can save anybody. So Jesus says, yeah, I'm I'm talking about parables because you guys get this thing and I'm trying to reach you on a spiritual level to let you see that you've got access to all this. You've got access to the power of God through his promises and the faith you already have. Let's change some stuff. That's what I feel Jesus was saying to them and to us. So the fourth thing I want to highlight in this story, believers received the truth and were blessed. We're not called just to be sweaty farm workers. We are blessed with the presence of God. We're blessed with the favor of God. We're on his good list. We'll always be on his good list because of Jesus. Man, he says, we see and we hear and that we're especially privileged. We're privileged even more, you ready? We're privileged even more than Old Testament believers. Let's read it. Verse 16 and 17. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For assuredly, I say to you, that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Hallelujah, glory to God. So you're telling me Moses, Elijah, uh, Noah, uh, Abraham, all those guys, I'm more privileged than them? Uh Uh-huh. Yep, that's, that's what he's saying. None of those guys had their own Bible. None of them. Even the guys that lived in the New Testament time that wrote some of these books in the New Testament, they didn't have a whole Bible. You and me each got our own Bible. We can highlight stuff. We can put sticky notes in that thing. We can underline things. We got little ribbons to mark where God spoke to us today and yesterday. Man, we can bring this thing with us everywhere we go. We can be out in the car, just leave a horrible appointment. Hold on a second. God, what did you say? Oh, yeah. 
I'm believing this for that guy. I'm believing this for me. That's what we have right now. He's like, I'm telling you guys in parable because you got the code to break the code. You've got the ability to release faith into this so that kingdom principles are released into the earth in your life. Glory to God. Okay, so now let's go back. Matthew chapter 13, we're going to read verses 18 through 23 where Jesus kind of wraps this whole thing up and he goes, okay, um, I see that some people here still didn't quite understand what I'm trying to tell them. So let me break it down for you. Verse 18, therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he who received seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. But he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. Wow. Can you say, I'm one of them with good ground? Come on, everybody. I'm one of them with good ground. My heart's ready for the word. I want to be fruitful for God. It's as simple as that. This isn't rocket science. This, I'm not like trying to trick you guys into saying something crazy that's going to blow up your life. I'm just trying to get us to vocalize what we really believe. We all want to be more fruitful for Jesus, amen? I am good, so I believe in Jesus Christ. I'm born again. I'm saved because of him, all that he did. Therefore, that makes my soil good soil. Lord, I want more. I want to be fruitful. I'll settle for 30 times. I, my salvation, how God changed my life, Change my family, I'll settle for 30 of those. Yes, Lord. Yes, please. Or 50 would be nicer. 100. Yeah okay, yeah, okay, Lord. How about 100? All things are possible with you. How about you guys? What if all of us did 30-fold? Man, oh, man. So seed by the wayside is a person whose heart is hardened. He hears the word, but he doesn't allow it to penetrate who he is or who she really is. And so Satan just comes by and takes that seed away. Seed on the rocky ground is the person who has a dramatic conversion. Oh, man, wow, God is so awesome. God is so wonderful. But they don't count the cost. And so as soon as they leave church or they leave that meeting where they gave their life to the Lord and they come into trials or persecutions of life, they immediately backslide right then. Seed among thorns is a person who gets caught up in the things of this world. Daily worries, wanting more money. It chokes the life right out of his faith, and that person's no longer fruitful. Notice it doesn't say that they're backslid. Notice it doesn't say that they lose their ability to understand. I, I think that we can get so concerned with other stuff outside of the kingdom of God that it kind of wears us out. So we're still saved. We're, we're going to make it into heaven. Yep. But we're not out tilling the soil anymore. We're not out throwing seed anymore. We're really not worried about a bumper crop this year bigger than last year's crop. How many people did I lead the Lord last year? Oh, six. This year, seven. Lord, let it be seven. 
we don't think like that at all. It's like, no, I just want a quiet, peaceful life. I just want to enjoy my salvation with calm and peace. Okay, hallelujah. Um, the seed on the good ground is the person who hears and understands the word and they bear fruit. The good ground is the person who hears the word and does the word, who seeks to keep his or her heart soft. This person hears the word and has a lifestyle in the word and doing the word. I'm going to say that again. So the person with good ground is a person that has a lifestyle that's in the word and doing the word. Wow. Because Jesus tells this, the, seer, the sower of the seed is the word of God that comes into our hearts that causes us to be fruitful. So if I want to be fruitful, if you want to be fruitful, you have to get the word of God in your heart. If you want someone in your life to be fruitful, you have to get the word of God into their life. It's as simple, as simple as that. And I really think that Jesus was telling this story, this parable, I think there was a farmer over there sowing the seed. So while they're doing this, and he's talking about faith, because you got faith, you understand this. It's been given to you to understand kingdom principles. And because you're part of the faith community, we've got this great thing going on. And isn't faith awesome? And what we have, that's awesome. And look over there, it takes work. I'm talking about faith. I'm talking about enjoying the presence of God. And I'm talking about work. See that guy over there while we're sitting here listening to church stories? That guy's over there planting his field. This is like that. Whew. John 1.14 says this. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth. Can you imagine what it was like when Jesus, who was the word who became flesh, preached about the word? I mean, in the book Acts, it says that did not our hearts burn within us when he told us about the scriptures about himself? My prayer all week, my prayer this morning, I got about 5 o'clock this morning with this word. My prayer is that we will all want more of the word. All of us will want to be honest with ourselves, what condition is my heart in? Um, maybe you can ask yourself this. As pastor was reading about the different, notice I'm looking at the carpet because this, I'm not, this sermon isn't for any one or two or three people. It's for all of us, including me. When pastor was reading about the different soil types, what kind is my heart right now? Is it as good as it's ever been? Have I tilled it lately? Have I plowed it lately? Have, have I been in the word lately? Have I been soaking in the presence of God? Have I, been, have I been sowing seed in my life, in my heart, and have I been sowing that seed in situations in my life? It has been given to us. I'm going to close with this. It's been given to us to have the blessing of understanding the mysteries of the kingdom. I love how Jesus said that. Because it's, it's really not about, have you memorized the whole Bible yet? Can you say it frontwards, backwards? Do you have your 30 favorite verses that you can recite on call? It, it's really not about head knowledge. It's about a heart condition that's open to God, open to Holy Spirit, open to receiving what he has for us, and then obeying that. I think a person that really wants to be fruitful has to be a person that's in the word, has a lifestyle of being in the word, and then doing the word. And if we will commit to this, we'll see God moving. First off, in us, we'll have more of God for sure.
will be filled with the Holy Ghost. We'll be more connected with him. We'll grow in all of our insight, wisdom with him and who he is. But we'll also be fruitful with the relationships around us in our lives. So we've been given the blessing of understanding the mysteries of the kingdom of God. I'm going to close with prayer. And as we pray together, open your heart to our Father in heaven and just ask for more understanding of the word and more power to live that word. Amen? Well, Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your scripture. I thank you, Lord, that it has been given to all of us here to understand parables, to understand kingdom principles, to understand righteousness and holiness, to understand forgiveness and judgment, to understand what heaven and hell are. There's many things that we take for granted as Christians, but they were gifts from you through the power of the Holy Spirit for us to even understand them so they can shape us and change our lives. Father, I lift us up right now. All of us are in different places, different situations. We got different things going on in our lives, different relationships, all kinds of stuff. But, Father, one thing we all have, that's a heart and a heart condition. And so we lift up our hearts to you right now, Lord, and we ask that you would soften any hard area in our hearts. Would you soften now? Would you, would you pour out the oil of the Holy Spirit to soften things? Lord Jesus, you said that out of our innermost being would be a fountain of living water. And I pray that that water would come out from the inside out now and soften our hearts, soften our attitudes, soften our thinking so that we can be open, open and transparent with you, Father God, that we can jump into your word anywhere, anytime that you tell us to look something up. When you remind us of a verse or a passage, we'll jump on it, that we'll receive it, and that we will be fruitful from mixing our faith with your promises. Father, I bless your flock right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I thank you for your promises. There's over 10,000 promises in the Bible. Thank you, God, that you have assured us with great hope that you have given us good futures to expect. You've given us the power of prayer. You've given us understanding for the scripture. And I bless your flock, your sons and daughters, into your perfect will for their lives. I pray for God timing and God appointments for every single person here this morning. And I ask this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, the one and only risen Savior, amen. So God bless you. I just remind you of all the different announcements that were in the bulletin. Take a quick look, maybe highlight something, and just remind yourself of the things that you want to be part of this coming week. So God bless you. Have a good week.